listeners, and welcome to the Downright Upright Show, the place to go to hear out loud and proud what Minnesotans are thinking. And I am your host, Philip Anthony. Thank you all for joining us today. And I hope everyone out there is doing fantabulous. And Venus, fantabulous means fantastic and fabulous. Put together, twice as nice saves time. Yes, sounds sounds wonderful. Are you feeling fantabulous? Uh, right now I am, yes. Oh, it's great <laughs> to hear that. I love to see you smile. Um, so before we talk about your musical career on the show, um, uh, we like to ask our guests a little foundational questions, like about you know where you were born, raised, went to school, and all the time that connected up to the first time you performed on stage as a singer. Mm -hmm. So um, would you tell us some of that information? Sure. Um, so I grew up in uh, Duluth. Um, oh, nice. And it was, I, I was born in 1960. So no I, way. Yes, <laughs> that's when I was born. Ah, see, we have to say, but now you got to give me the month now. January. Oh, okay. So you're a little just two months. I was born in April. Ah, okay. So yeah, yeah. Wow, you yeah. look great. Thank you. You're shocking me. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, I. You know, um, the, the whole the whole music industry thing, um, and trying to present yourself. I would I would cheat that back a little bit, um, but I don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. It's it's better to have the legacy, yeah, and the experience because I grew up in the in the, the dark days of of trans oppression. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, yeah. yeah. so Duluth, yes. Did you did you perform uh, now? Obviously, when you first performed, you you performed uh, uh, as a quote unquote man, right? Yes. And uh, how how did that change? What was the evolution for for you uh, in in that respect? Well, um, I was always an artist. I didn't really sing until uh, I had a punk band. Uh, we started out uh, just doing covers and a couple of originals, and that's when I started uh, singing and and trying that out. And that was in my um, oh uh, maybe nineteen. Uh, and then um, during the heart of the disco era, yeah, by, yeah, yeah. by the way, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a back and forth between punk and disco back then. Oh, did you did you do disco? No, then? no, oh, oh. I didn't. I well, and then um, let's see. Uh, uh, so yeah, so I was I was falling into the whole punk punk scene back then, and um, that band didn't last. Uh, it's just hard to you know, for bands to last. I had another band after that, which uh, was all original. That was also based in uh, Duluth. And uh, that one got the attention. That was when the suburbs and the replacements, replacements were still um, kind of up and coming and the suburbs were the, the big rock stars and Flaming O's were the big rock stars. Mm. And, um, and, uh, I uh, we attracted the attention of a manager down here, Mike Burke, um, who um, talked to us and asked us uh, to move to Minneapolis and offered to represent us. And that was amazing. So uh, we did. Um, we were doing a very interesting thing back then. We were uh, inspired by this uh, 
kind of uh, punk new wave um, movement in Japan called visual uh, uh, viz rock, which is it's a different thing now. It's called a different thing, but it was derived from uh, performers who um, who uh, uh, appreciated kabuki. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so they would do kabuki-looking uh, things and just amazing stuff. And then they would do the hardest, punkiest music ever with that. And it just was so cool. My synthesizer player back then was a, was a huge audiophile, uh, Charlie Bailey, and he was the one that discovered this. And so we started playing with that thing with a lot of look a uh, lot of the the uh, makeup of white with um, stylizing with um, with black um, outline and everything and just playing with the theatrics of appearance and that and personally secretly I loved it because I got to play with makeup yeah I'm um, sure. and well but but we everybody thought we looked like kiss and they didn't know because it was before the internet. Oh, Nobody knew what was going on yeah, in Japan, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and so th that band disbanded, and um, I put out a, a solo album called Animal Angst in 1984. That that actually turned out to be a real collectible, but at the time it didn't help me at all, and I I gave up. And it wasn't until 1990. Uh, three, the end of '93, I started all the pretty horses, mm -hmm. and by then I had come out. I came out in 1988. Okay, as trans. Wow. Now, how did you feel? This is uh, because I'm sure this this gave you the impetus to to do what you do today. When you first saw David Bowie mm. in the '70s dressing up. Uh, I, 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 what would, what would you call it? I mean, not as a woman, because I wouldn't say that, but very... Um, Gender ambiguous. Gen yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. Um, so my first experience with Bowie was listening to him on the radio when I was like nine or ten. Yeah. And uh, waiting for my mom uh, to get some groceries at night out of a Target, and I was just a kid. Probably, not, I think I was nine. And uh, sitting in the parking lot in Duluth at night, and um, Space Oddity came on. Oh. Because uh, it was a new song back then, and mm -hmm. it just blew my mind. I just, the storytelling, the stars I could see out the window. It just, and, and, I, and so I was thinking about him since then. And then uh, the Midnight Special, uh, uh, or the. Uh, uh, the 19, what was it, 1984, um, uh, it was a dance or, or, or a stage show or whatever. It was, it was a, a performance that he did uh, back then in, um, uh, as part of the Midnight Special. And right, I, was, yeah. I was still pretty young, but a young teenager, but I saw him uh, in his, with... Uh, you know his orange hair and his Ziggy Stardust, and he had plastic hands on his on his body. Um, and, yes, uh, uh, the I, red that beautiful red hair yeah, he had with oh, the spike. Yeah. And um, I was I was I was enthralled, and 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 the gender ambiguity because you know I was right. secretly trying to understand what was going on inside of me, and of course his 
ability to play with that publicly um, uh, inspired me and and uh, gave me some solace. Yeah, and you know it's funny. Um, that's why the LGBTQ LGBTQ community is a united frontier because. The first time I saw him, now I was a little gay boy. I I didn't know what I was, what I was. You know, we di- we didn't have labels really when you were that young. You know. Yeah. But, no. No, but, no but language. I, yeah, yeah. But I knew I was different. Kids used to tease me. I was very feminine as a kid. Uh, I used to skip. I used to play with the girls. You know, the whole nine yards. And the first time I saw him, in that that beautiful red hair with the makeup and the the whole the whole image i was like oh my goodness gracious that yeah. is incredible and i knew <laughs> right then that i was different <laughs> oh yeah, yeah a lot of the other boys were like ah you watch it him for you know and i was like no he's and and, and i have the shirt helen ready shirt on today because yep. she sang that song i am woman hear me roar not not only to women but to gay boys and to uh, potentially trans people who were at that time were young, who saw somebody saying, I am strong, I'm invincible, I am woman. No matter what you are, you can be whatever you want to be. And it yeah. was a very inspirational song. Absolutely. So uh, other than David Bowie, uh, who else were some of your inf- uh, earlier influences? Um, there, there were a number of them. Uh, and and usually uh, it, it, it would be uh, women... Um, uh, interestingly, um, um, uh, now my my brain is is falling apart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have ADHD, so I'm, my brain is completely scattered <laughs> so much of the time. Um, the, the, how about the pretenders? Yes, absolutely. Yes, um, um, and, and names are escaping me now for whatever reason. But yes, absolutely. Um, and uh, Patty Smith, there I got one oh, name out. Oh, there we of go. Of course, uh, ah. the strength that she had. Marlena okay. Dietrich. That's what I was trying to trying to capture in my scatterbrain. Um, oh, Marlena um, Dietrich. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, and mm. I saw her in a movie. Uh, there used to be these afternoon movies on Sundays, and I watched. Uh, I think it was. Um, uh, blue, blue, something. Now I'm. Um, Mm-hmm. Scatterbrain is getting in the way, but how about the, how about the Runaways yeah. and the Runaways? Yeah, they were the yeah. first. I think weren't they the first rock and roll rock girl group? Yeah, I yeah. mean even before the Go Go's, right? I, I, I'm not sure of all of the logistics, but I'll, I'll take your word for that. Well, I, think <laughs> so. I know it's early, and <laughs> but always always loved uh, female energy. Me too. On stage Absolutely. and the strength and the power, and I love the punk edge and that challenge. Um, I was I was also influenced by PIL early early uh, PIL. So. Um, Flowers of Romance was the first. Oh my God! Okay. Uh, for that, and I loved. I loved the musicality of that, and then the punk. You know, Sex Pistols, of course, before that uh, with John Lydon. Um, I. It was that era that I was interested yeah, yeah. in, and experimenting and breaking the rules is what I was interested in because I just felt like the music industry was impenetrable. Uh, when you listen to Top 40 back then, it just seemed impossible for us to do anything 
without having some big record contract. And then punk and DIY just blew all that apart. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly we felt like maybe we have a chance. But you told me before the show, I have yes. to tell the audience, yeah, yeah. that you appeared in CBGB. Oh. Now, you had to be... You had to be hot stuff to get in there. Uh, so, congratulations with yes, that. Yes, thank you. That was that. What that was in the um, late '90s, uh, early 2000s. That was one of the clubs that we always performed at. Oh my goodness! Um, and uh, the the trick was to get in with the promoters in their nights. So we did Homocore. Uh, Dean Johnson, who is no longer with us, but he hosted a. Uh, Homo core out there, and we got to be. Uh, uh, f we did it about three times, uh, and um, I remember many a time trying to get in there. The lines were in the in the old days were yeah, like yeah. incredibly long, and I oh, it was just amazing. I it was, was always packed. Oh my god, I remember going to see Blondie. This is before she. Uh, went disco, you know, mm. with Heart of Glass before mm. she when she was really punky, and um, I was the last person in the line to not get in. So th they got to me and they said, "Okay, no more people." Yeah, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the memory I have, uh, uh, because I I was uncomfortable standing in line. Yeah. My. Uh the tea. Tea. I just sucked it in when I was laughing. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I, I tend to be a little funny, so just be aware <laughs> of that. Do you need any any? No, more? I think I got it all out. Okay. Oh, I apologize. No, you're, uh, you're good. You're good. I, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question about the LGBT community since yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're both involved in that community. Um, and this show is a safe space for the LGBTQ community. Can you tell us how being a trans musician over the last 30 years changed, evolved? So you 30 years ago to now, uh, how... Actually, wasn't it illegal to be a trans performer back 30 years ago? There were, there were states where it was still... You could be arrested for... Um, for uh, crossing, yeah, yeah, um, uh, and there were some not followed laws that were still on the books, all the way up to uh, 2010s, mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah. So luckily, I didn't have that confronted. Except locally, I was threatened with arrest uh, if I came and performed again at a um, at a. Um, what state was it? That was here. Oh, in here. Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Columbia Heights, uh, Hilltop, uh, up there. There was a, 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 a bar called Sharky's that we would do on occasion, kind of a heavy metal bar, but they had a progressive downstairs stage, and uh, the booking person there liked us. And one of the, uh, we, there was complaints, uh, there was a city council person that happened to see me, and then they cited the club and said that I would be arrested if I came back. Wow. So we've come a long way, Venus, yeah, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and that 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 is actually featured in a documentary that that um, is on on me, Lynette, and my my spouse, and the band All the Pretty Horses, yeah, which yeah. is which is on um, you can you can um, stream it on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah. Yeah. 
So can you tell our listeners, and especially our trans listeners, about your coming out story uh, and how your coming out experience led to you thriving today? And how can we encourage our LGBTQ listeners to come out and be their authentic selves and not be afraid? In other words, what can you say to make their coming out experience a more positive one. We have three Advice. minutes, so we'll Oof. try to get the, No, okay. that's for the first segment. We're not done. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm writing a memoir, um, and therefore I've been going back, and I just wrote a series of chapters about just that. Um, the best I can say is that it, it made everything right for me mm-hmm. uh, to be able to come out and to uh, be comfortable in my own skin and to be public about it, even if it's just to friends. At that time, the world was very oppressive. Um, so I had to keep it very, very internal for uh, a while, mm-hmm. um, which is a small circle, and I can go into that later. Mm-hmm. But um, it changed my life. And anybody struggling with that kind of, of shame about yourself, this mm-hmm. is how you get past that. Mm-hmm. So uh, in, encouraging people to c- come out and be their authentic selves yeah. and not be afraid of what other people, because we're in a safe space now, you know, Minnesota, man, you know, yeah. Minnesota is a safe space. The show is a safe space. Um, we, we, I'm my, my authentic self and I, I, and I had to do it in the 70s Yeah, yeah. when it was crazy and homophobia going yeah. around, you know, no, horrible. I remember being chased coming out of gay bars from cars. You know, guys would jump out of the car and chase us oh, to try to gay bash us. Yep. You know, and and uh, I remember I remember those days. Oh yeah, it was terrible. It was really really bad. Anyway, so we're going to take a quick break because I I want to talk about um, some more uh, about Minnesota being a beacon for the trans community. Right. Yes. And uh, uh, and other aspects of of the LGBTQ experience. So we'll be back. After okay. these messages. Okay. Or massages. The Downright Upright Show. I am your host, Philip Anthony. This is AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We are the uh, the go-to station for progressive talk radio. And my guest again today is Venus DeMars. Hello. Uh, the wonderful Venus DeMars. Huh? And we're going to continue talking about LGBTQ issues. Yes. Um, and I always discuss on my show how Minnesota is a beacon all around the country for LGBT people who don't feel validated today and who didn't feel safe as far back as the 90s. Yeah. Can you tell the audience about what it felt like for you when Minnesota passed the human, the human, I, see, in New York, we say human. Yeah. In, in Minnesota, <laughs> human rights <laughs> act. Yeah. Uh, back in 1993. Well, well yeah, um, it was it was incredible. Um, it was uh, it was a step forward. Uh, by then, I had been uh, pushing myself quite a bit out there. I'd already been on stage as a performance artist and uh, as trans, 
uh, I was very much active uh, to try to be public uh, as a trans individual. Um, and that was, that just made me feel validated that we were making a difference and just our being visible was making a difference. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it was, it was, um, it was important, but it didn't quite uh, have teeth. You know, it was, it was more symbolic. There were so many loopholes in that, that discrimination and oppression could still happen. Uh, for example, I, I was on a jury duty and I got kicked off because of being trans. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, there was, there was a, a back and forth between uh, the uh, two lawyers and one wanted me on there. The other one said I would be biased because of the clothing that I wore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, they rule, and, the, and the judge ruled that I was not protected a protected class, and so therefore I could be dismissed because of my appearance. Unbelievable. Um, and that that was a that was a big deal. And now that, that hit uh, all the news sources in Minnesota went as viral as you could back in that day all over uh, the state, and uh, and for me it showed that yes we did have that, but it didn't have teeth because it didn't protect me. Mm-hmm. Was it was so? Let's talk about like the day before that act passed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then after you were you much more comfortable on stage after that, knowing that you are you are considered a protected class no, now? No, because I it, because like like that story, I didn't feel it uh, directly. It was it was symbolic for me. So I still had to deal with the day to day issues. Uh, the um, Verbal attacks and a ridicule of being out in public. Um, you those you, kind of you were uh, oh yeah on while you were performing or was it yes. outside the venue or uh... Uh, on the art stage the art audience was more accepting, but going to the performance, walking home from the performance, going to the grocery store, um, getting gas. I got confronted constantly, oh my goodness. and and uh, uh, verbal threats. Luckily, nothing turned into violence, uh, physical violence. But uh, some got very heated and very close uh, to that, um, and that was and it would come out of nowhere, and it would happen daily. Yeah, please so. tell me though that it's much less now. Oh, absolutely. Oh no, Good. it it is it is. Um, it is such a difference right now, and 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 this I'm talking historically here now. This is this is the early days of trying to make a difference. Minnesota is a sanctuary, oh, um, you ain't state, kidding. and, oh, and yeah. we are getting refugees, uh, families with trans kids mm-hmm. that that just have no way to take care of their kids unless they move right and they're moving here yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that is uh, an amazing uh, thing and something I'm very proud of yeah, for yeah. being in Minnesota can I tell you so I'm gonna make you feel even better now yeah that this show is uplifting so I'm gonna make you feel better all right when I was at pride I, I had my uh, I was interviewing people at pride on my sh- from my show last year mm-hmm. Uh, before I got the radio spot, it was uh, it was an audio uh, interview, and to the letter, Venus, most not not most, stop Philip, not most, all 
of the trans people that interviewed with me said they came here to be safe, to feel safe. Uh, yes. It almost made me cry. Yeah. I was, yeah. I had goosebumps all over my body that I live in Minnesota. Minnesota is amazing. Thank you to the governor. Yeah. Thank you to the House and thank you to the Senate for passing all of the, the you know, even for trans people's health. Yeah, yeah. Minnesota has become a sanctuary state. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. It's absolutely. I have. I'm speechless right now. I love it. That's yeah. why I love living here. I am so proud. You know, I'm getting emotional myself right now yeah. to be living in a state that welcomes all human beings. Yeah. And yeah, gives them comfort right. and uh, respects them. So yeah, you see, it, I have a tear coming yeah. down my eye. Yeah. It's it, it always gets me, Minnesota. It always gets me. And thank you all for voting, DFL, and yeah. keeping us uh, safe. Yes. So keep. <laughs> and your vote is important, guys. Your vote is important. Um. So the next question is about uh, most cisgender people have no idea about the numerous obstacles that are put up against the trans community. By doing the legwork for this episode, I discovered a few things. I uncovered your past. Ah. So I'm going to talk about a couple of these issues, and then you could uh, comment on them or add to some things I didn't get. Yeah. How's sure. that? Okay, Perfect. so the Minnesota Department of Revenue challenging a ruling that you were not a professional, quote-unquote, artist. Yes. They accused you of tax fraud. An incident in 1995 when you served on jury duty, which you had mentioned, yeah. they determined you were not a protected class. And hence, you could be biased in favor of child molestation? Is that what, that was what the they case. said? Yes, that Aye. was the case. And uh, while at the same time disregarding the Human Rights Act that had just passed in 1993, so they totally disregarded that yeah. when they yeah. did this. And finally, you were dehydrating yourself so as not to have use of a public bathroom. That almost... Yeah, made me cry when no, I heard that you went, talk. That and I did that all the way up to, uh, uh, into the um, uh, two thousand fourteen. Really? I was still even doing up it. to that time. Yeah, because I, if Venus. you're traveling across country, oh yeah, and and you're you're stopping in a small town to use the bathroom, it's it can be dangerous and risky. Oh my goodness! Because you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are people, right. and and what worries me is but that. But did it, do you have any medical effects from that? Oh yeah, I I I have some kidney issues. Um, I'm so sorry. And yeah, and yeah, it's it was it was, but I got out there and I got on stage. You did and your I thing. I was yeah. I was present and I was there for people to see me as a trans person. Um, working powerfully in uh, tough rock and roll, you yeah. know, punk rock. You're and, amazing. Um, You're amazing. That was what the point, the whole point was. Yeah. Now I touched. So, those are some of the issues I touched upon. Are there any that I didn't touch upon that you that you can talk about? Uh, experiences that you had that uh, were um, obstacles. Well, um, the music industry has changed radically. Um, <clears throat> uh, in my opinion, it was uh, Laura Jane Grace coming out and her uh, article in Rolling Stones that made the difference, that broke the industry's um, uh, barriers to trans people. 
Uh, th this is my opinion, but but for me, th everything seemed to change very quickly after that. Before that, and I had been trying for decades by then to get into uh, uh, the the upper industry support somehow to help um, um, I get farther, you know, move my career f forward mm -hmm. uh, beyond just uh, uh, independent. Uh, 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 and um, uh, I, I even met with uh, some, uh, a big music lawyer in New York in order to be represented to the major labels. Mm -hmm. And um, and it, that was 2000, 2001. It was right after 9-11, mm -hmm. a month after 9-11. And um, he was very encouraging and really loved our show and blah, 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 blah. But he wanted me not to be trans. He asked me specifically if I would stop being trans. Stop um, being trans? Yeah, just, just hide it. Just put it away. I can be how, edgy. How do you stop I can. It was just in the public. I like, just keep it, it to like myself. Be like me. Stop being gay, Philip. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just sleep with women. You know. Yeah. Uh, and it was. I tried, folks. Yeah. I've tried. Believe me, <laughs> it didn't work. So you can't change people. It's who they are. You know. And uh, yeah. No. Well, obviously, I I refused to change me, and I I challenged him by saying, "This is, this is why you're talking to me is because I've been doing what I'm doing. Yes. This is why." You've we've got your attention. Personally, I'm not I think that, change it. Personally, I think that's very insulting that you yeah, said oh, that oh to God, you. Yeah, oh God, yeah. I would have um, been infuriated. Well, but his point was he knew that well, I was going to say that. He said to be more commercial. Maybe he wanted. Yes, to do, he yeah. wanted to be able to sell me to the major labels and uh, and the band. And he said there's no way that he could at that time mm -hmm. uh, if I was open and out as trans. Mm -hmm. So the the industry, so the to answer your question, the industry has changed so radically uh, since those early days. Mm -hmm. um, it's just imagine. amazing. It's just amazing. And I, I got to see it firsthand when I toured uh, those that uh, month with Laura Jane Grace in 2014. Have I you met that. her? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, we, we travel the Southwest. Um, together on, I followed the the tour bus in my little van the day after they <laughs> got to drive. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we we'd show up and load in, and we opened the the the, the tour the night uh -huh. nights, and awesome. so I saw the kids, trans kids, and their parents at the all ages shows. That tour was an all ages uh, tour, mm -hmm. and um, and it was her band against me, mm -hmm. um, and it was. It just blew my mind to see so many trans kids and and their parents who were my age. Some, right. you know, and what was and, the response? Did they, people walk up to you and thank you? Well, what, the interesting thing was I was still doing what I did back then, and we can talk about this. I was not going to be um, seen as being drag back oh, in the day. Good point. So mm -hmm. what I did. Is I was topless. I I had my hormone breasts, uh, and I had uh, uh, electric tape pasties. I still do that. Mm -hmm. Inspired by Wendy O. There is another name I needed to get. Wendy No. Wendy O. 
Wendy O. Williams in the Plasmatics. Uh, oh, inspired. Yeah. And I saw her. I remember I her. Yeah, her yeah, in, yeah. in Superior, CBGB. Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, so that's why I do the electric tape pasties. But, so I do that. I've got my corset. I got my stilettos. I got my uh, fishnets. I'm very dumb and very unshy. To prove Perfect. that I'm 24-7 trans, not putting on a costume. Yeah, but can I ask you something about this? this is, I, I didn't even plan this question, but yeah. I, I, I find it fascinating. Now, with all the trans pushback that the, the right wing is, right. is yes. doing in, in our modern, modern times, oh, yeah. uh, they are confusing drag queens with trans people. So they're passing laws that... You can't perform drag shows now because yes. because they're thinking that a drag queen is a trans person. A drag queen is a performance artist. A trans person is that's who they are. That's their inherent being. Mm. So can you talk about that a little bit for us? Yes. Well, well, um, I will uh, 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 quantify that slightly. I, I have known uh, 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 drag performers who have... Uh, found that they were trans and they have transitioned. I'm sure, yeah. So it's, possible, it's, yeah. it's not a hard, fast line, but the art form drag is completely theatrical. Mm -hmm. um, yes, and there is a division there. Um, and uh, to, but but here's the here's their thinking: if they can outlaw appearance to crossing, mm -hmm. that does two things for them, it will attack the trans community as well as the drag community, um, uh, drag yeah. performances, and the LGBTQ community as, as a, a whole. whole. Yes. yes, exactly. So yeah. it's, just, it's just another technique to go at uh, what they want to do completely, which is to completely drive us all back into closets so nobody knows that we exist. Ain't happening. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. No way. Lived, <laughs> been there, done that. <laughs> it's yeah, not yeah. happening. Um, and on top of that, Venus, they can't even read the cat in the hat to children, I know. the drag queens, yeah. because they think in their perverted mind, they equating, because they want to attack the trans community, they want to equate it. And they're just reading the cat in the hat. Even if you read the cat in the hat, it would, yeah. what would be the problem? Yeah. No, it's it's right. It's very it's very uh, dumb. <laughs> That's what it it's, is. It's dumb, but it is uh, effective. Um, oh yeah, making progress, and that is what is disturbing, mm -hmm. and why we can't let our guard down. Yeah, it's it, we, we we really. I mean, it is laughable, but we can't laugh it off. No, no, absolutely yeah. not. We have to take them serious. You're right, Venus. I mean. We to ourselves are saying, you know, what what's in their coffee or what are they, are they drinking something? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, we have to take them at their word because Maya Angelou said something. I'm not going to be able to quote her exactly. I'm terrible at this. But uh, when they say who they are, believe them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so we have to believe them if they're going to attack the, the drag queen community and the trans community, even though we we know you and I know they're not the same. Yeah, they may be. They may there may be some like you said cross currents there. But uh, you're attacking two communities that are just trying to help and read to children yeah. and help children 
you know, become more involved in reading because we, we want them to, you know, like, enjoy reading, right? Well, so. we want people as kids to understand the complexity of the world, the fabric of, of yeah. who we are as humans. And if you yes. have that world perspective, you, you are able to not fall into hateful thinking. You can fall into embracing and seeing everyone in their fullest most authentic way. Absolutely. Now, uh, for the, we have three, minu three yeah. minutes for this last, uh, the second right. segment here. Right. We have another segment. Okay. Uh, so through my investigative work, because I'm, I am a, a Sherlock Holmes of the gay community, <laughs> uh, I discovered that you say, oh my God, guys, she saved a trans person's life. Oh my God. Mm. When I heard this, this was monumental for me that you you stepped forward and didn't have to do this, but yeah. you went out of your way. So can you talk about that story about that person on the East Coast that you Yes, saved? yeah. Well, this is this is somebody in on social media and this is why I I really I don't want to diss social media because that this is a connection, especially for LGBTQ it has a lot of people. Good, yes, a lot of good to it. Yeah. Um, and uh, this was a person that was uh, that followed the band, and I we I would interact with on occasion because I like to be able to interact directly with with people. Yes. So yeah. I knew of this person. We had gone back and forth on, in the cyber world, and um, I noticed that they had put the um, uh, little. A little sign up, which was I recognized as a uh, suicide note um, signal. Um, I, I don't even have to go into it. I could just tell that there was something this person needed somebody to reach out to them. So how did you? And save I didn't her know. Life? I didn't know how to get hold of them, and um, I ended up. I, and I just felt like I had to. I I I couldn't not. Um, and, Absolutely, and I I called nine one one local, and where she lived. No, I couldn't go there. Oh. I had to call my nine one one. Really? Here? Okay. They though uh, took me seriously. They connected me with the nine one one out in the area, right. and I said I didn't know exactly who this person, but I pointed them to the their their press their their social media presence. And I told him, and I had to self-advocate for for myself and for this person because my voice, listen to my voice, my voice still can be read as masculine. They were misgendering me. And, of course, I just thought, that happens on the phone. So I just corrected them nicely, and they apologized because it's a, such a better world than it was. Um, and I reminded them that this person was trans. They may be the same way as me vocally, and mm. to be careful uh, mm. and not misgender them and trigger them because they're in a vulnerable place. Well, through a bunch of networks, they finally figured out how to call, and they did a wellness call, and they woke up this person who had taken uh, many, many sleeping pills, wow. and they, Amazing. they got through it. Amazing. Well, we're going to continue with... Uh, our show with Venus DeMars, the magnificent Venus DeMars, after these short messages from our sponsors. I am Philip Anthony. This is the Downright Upright Show on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Minnesota.
Welcome back to the Downright Upright Show. I am Philip Anthony, and I am your host. Love that song, man. Mm. Come on, people now. Smile on your brother. Everybody get together and try and love one another right now. I mean, you couldn't write a better lyric, and it really pertains to our modern times. It really does. Yeah. So now... We've come to the part of the show I like to call the shift, where I shift the questioning away from your personal journey okay. and onto your opinions oh, on yeah. current events. All right. Don't forget to say the F because uh, in shift, otherwise we have problems with the sponsor, right? Mm. Shift. Shift. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so the um, the average lifespan of most Americans is 78 years old. That's the average uh, yeah. lifespan. The life expectancy of a trans person is between 30 to 35 years. Yeah. And for black trans people, it's even lower. Yeah. Is it at all possible, in your opinion, to change this horrible statistic and how can we do it? Well, yeah, we, we are. Um, as we go through, like, what, what um, Minnesota is doing, ensuring that we have health... Um, health care for trans people and that we are open and providing safe places for trans people to be themselves and not have to uh, fall into uh, dangerous means of trying to find a way to survive. A lot of, a lot of the problems are because of that, uh, because there hasn't been options and um, Mm -hmm. uh, ways to move forward. It's it's a steady move forward, and that's we're doing it here in this state. Um, but there are other states, of course, that we know about who are rolling everything back and making it all dangerous and difficult and horrible again. The Human Rights Campaign has actually designated certain states as unsafe for LGBTQ oh, people. Oh yeah, can yeah. you believe this? Uh, it's uh, it I I. I was surprised when it happened, and now I, it's it is what we have to get through. Yeah, the southern the Southern Poverty Center uh, also designated yeah. certain states uh, to um, not go to if you're LGBTQ. And it's it's fear, it's fear. Mm -hmm. If we can remove fear, we could change that statistic. Yeah, let's try. Yeah. Let's try real. We we can do it. And you're, you and I are the beginning, and there's more to go. Yeah. There's always more to go. Yes. Uh, in 2021, President Biden overturned Voldemort's ban on trans people joining the military. And some people wonder why a ma majority of our community uh, aren't supporting him. So how important would you say that decision was for the LGBTQ community? Uh, to allow uh, people want this is the funny thing though Venus these are people that are patriotic they want to yeah. fight for their country oh no absolutely and you all because of who they are you're not going to allow that can yeah. you comment on that no absolutely and I've I have uh, as as we've illustrated here I've been part of the community for a long 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 time I did a documentary on the trans community in in 1990 um, what's the name of it it is not out yet. Oh, it was. I put out a rough um, edit, never finalized it, and I found all the old footage of all the people I interviewed back then. And I am uh, on one of my burners. I am going to uh, try to finalize finalize that edit and release it 
as a historical document. Well, I'm going to look out for it. Yeah. So it's, keep it, me keep me abreast. I will because but, I would love to, you know, talk about that yeah. on the show. But I know people who have been in the military uh, who are LGBTQ and trans, even back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are very proud and very patriotic people Absolutely. who want to be recognized for their contribution to the country, yeah. and to be to have that taken away just because of of who you are is horrible. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. So yes, of course, um, that is we should we should all have that ability to make those kind of decisions about what we want to do and how we want to express. Yeah, uh, who we are. Yeah. Um, yes. And our love for the country, yeah. our country. We, we have we been. Love the we country. have been. We have yeah. been the the freedom beacon for the world for so long, I, and it would be really nice if we could remain that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recently, uh, E. Jean Carroll was awarded eighty three point three million dollars by a court for defamation right after the court found the ex president liable for sexually assaulting her. Mm. Now, this is shocking to me. I don't mean to chuckle, but he's a convicted. Even the judge said he raped her. You know, how can people how could we deprogram these people from supporting him uh, and leave the dark side? I mean, what is it about him? Do you think that people continue to support him? Yeah, there's a couple of layers there. Um, Yeah. Hard, I right? think a lot of it. I think a lot of it um, falls again on fear, and mm-hmm. um, he, I think for him particularly, he has found uh, that tapping into that fear is advantageous in order to um, gain power. Um, I think it's very simple. Um, power is very attractive, um, mm-hmm. and um, he is. I think he has found that. Um, way to exploit that fear to his advantage. All we can do uh, as, as who we are is to be authentic and honest and open. Yes. And to share and to remain visible. Yes. Uh, we, we, to fight and to use violence doesn't always work. Mm-mm. It just hardens people. But I found from touring all over way back in the day in in small stages and small towns across the country mm-hmm. that the best way to make people change is to be authentic and to be, be open yourself. Be and yourself. to listen yeah. and to dialogue. Absolutely. Now, to end the show on a happy note, yeah. because we have uplift. That's yeah. what it's all about on this show. Um, figure skater Amber Glenn became the first out LGBTQ woman to win the U.S. figure skating title. She won the gold medal. Yeah, and she and she's an out LGBTQ person. She she held up the uh, the rainbow flag, uh, skated around the rink. I got the chills when I saw that. That's amazing. I mean, did you hear about this? I did not. I don't follow sports um, to that extent. Well, I don't either, I, but yeah. I look, I, I, I'm it's always amazing. up on my LGBTQ issues because of the show. Yeah. And when I saw her parading, uh, parading, skating around with her flag, and yeah. uh, she got a lot of backlash, of course. You know, yeah. the haters have to hate, you know. Yeah. 
So uh, what do you think about that? Isn't that amazing? I think it's amazing. And um, that's, another, that's another thing that I think the right is using to, um, to wedge and, and to fuel that fear mm-hmm. by uh, talking about uh, imbalance. I read a really wonderful article, which basically, just this morning that came out, mm-hmm. uh, basically challenged the idea of having sports split by gender. Why not split them by body type? In, a, in other words, uh, weight, musculature, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that's split everything in that yes, way. Yes, yes. And then to, yeah. trans people, we're not, it's, it's, yeah. There's a lot of layers to that, oh my God. which I would love to spend another time talking about. We need about a whole it. show for that one, yeah. yeah. So unfortunately, Venus, we have come to the end of the uh, show. Uh, no. Thank you so much for being <laughs> here with us. So for more information about Venus to Mars, go to venusdemars.com or on Twitter at venusdemars and instagram.com at venusdemars. Can you very briefly, you got maybe 10 seconds to tell where you're going to be your next event? Oh, yeah. Um, March 21, we're going to be in Winona at No Name Bar. Um, and uh, we're going to be doing uh, an augmentation uh, to help promote my spouse's memoir book about us called Wild Things. Amazing. You're going to come back, right? Yes. You promise? I will. Okay. This is Philip Anthony, the host of the Downright Upright show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota saying, ciao for now, love you all, be yourselves, love you.